Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Franchise Tag. I'm your host, Eric, and joining along with me, as always, over Zoom is Chris. Chris, how you doing, my man? A little tired, as I was just saying before we uh, we started this. Work's getting a little a little hectic, but but always down to talk some football. So I'm going to mention it since Chris won't, but we missed last week. We were supposed to do a week one preview, but we decided to save it because Chris is now a certified financial advisor. Uh, congrats on that, dude. That's huge. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, it's been, uh, it's been a long process. Definitely. Uh, it was a weird transition because I graduated college and had to study more in order to get all my licenses and everything out That's of the way. That's how it works. That's how, what you so yeah, so all summer was instead of you know enjoying the the COVID weather, I was studying. Let me so, ask you because a lot of the times when we're scheduling to record, you're saying you're studying a lot. How many tests total are we talking? Uh, so for my job, there were five total. Two of them I actually had prior graduation. I was interning at the company I'm with now, okay. uh, and they sponsored me to get those out of the way. And then pretty much once I graduated, I had three left to go. One of them was the SIE. One was the Series 7. That's the really not fun one. <laughs> and then uh, the last one was the Series 66, which means, you know, now I could deal with people outside of the state and manage money as well. What's the big thing they're looking for you to know for the most part in those tests? Because it's like, how many do you really need to be a financial advisor? I guess it's, I guess no one like can be a run-of-the-mill financial advisor, but what's the big thing they want you to know? Yeah, I mean, regulations, as you probably could imagine, are a very big part of those exams. Uh, pretty much telling you what you're not supposed to be doing and making sure you're aware of that. I mean, obviously, you need to know uh, some accounts and how to set up accounts and, and all of that and really how to properly manage things, how to make sure that you know clients are, are getting the right recommendations and you know, you're not kind of screwing them over. Uh, but all kind of based on their own little things. The two that I meant before that I took while I was in classes at school were more insurance based. So life insurance and health insurance, that's, uh, you know, obviously the handle of that. Um, and then everything after that was more securities based, which pretty much built on top of each other. So once you passed one, you went to the next one and it built even more on the previous one. And then, you know, that all sounds like a headache already, and I'm not even the one that was studying to be a financial advisor. So, yeah, man, good for you. Definitely Thank huge, you, thank you. Uh, for sure. But I, it was worth missing the preview for you to, to get that certification, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, but, um, you know, week one, officially in the books, uh, definitely exciting. It actually felt like we were living a normal life for a quick second. I know the second, you know, some people were watching uh, Red Zone. For me, I watch Andrew Siciliano because I have Sunday ticket, but some people have... Mm, um, same. Have uh, what, what's his name? Some Hanson. I don't watch him. So, Chris like, Hanson. Chris. I, think it is. I, I always think of uh, what is it? Was it Scott Hanson? What, what show was he on? Is it To Catch a Predator? Was that him? Yes. Yes. I mix yes. those names up. I'm like, I don't want to say the wrong one here because that's definitely embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, when they when they said you know put the remote down, seven hours of straight football, my heart was racing. It was like you were talking to a girl for the first time. As weird as that sounds. <laughs> Honestly, during th going through COVID and stuff like that, and finally having a football season with no, without any hiccups, because heading into the first um, week of the season, there were as like all staff members, coaches, players, no uh, positive tests for COVID. So that was definitely a good sign. Hopefully, it'll stay that way moving forward. Because with football, you can't cancel games like baseball, right? You, you have to power through these next fifteen weeks after this and make it a season. For baseball, you can have double headers and you could cancel games, push them back. But for a physically taxing sport like the NFL, everything's got to go right in order for it to work. And um, seems seems like a pretty solid week one, in my opinion. Uh, 
So, Chris, I wanted to get your opinion on this. So, heading into week one, there was no preseason. Um, so, we didn't get to see any potential rookies up and coming, or we didn't get to see how teams really molded together. For example, like Tom Brady or Cam Newton with the Patriots, and some other new faces like, you know, rookie quarterback Joe Burrow. Um, and who else is there? And a lot of the starting quarterbacks coming to this year aren't starting yet. They're backing up, except for Joe Burrow. But my question to you is for the level of play of football and the quality of football that you watched over the weekend, uh, what do you think of it overall? Again, without any preseason, no one really gets to mold together. So what are your thoughts on that? See, I think watching it from, as you mentioned, you know, like the, the Joe Burrows, the Chase Youngs, like those kind of guys where you, you know, you're pretty much certain they're going to be high in the draft and they're going to go out and be, hope to be superstars and really make an immediate impact. It, I feel like it was definitely better without the preseason because now when they start playing, it matters. When you right. started in the preseason, it was just kind of like, oh, wow, cool. They got a sack or, you know, they had a good game, but it was against like what, second or third strings. Who knows how that's going to translate. Now they got put right into the pretty much the, the nick of things. They got right into the, the start of the season where it all starts. It all counts. There's all the starters playing and, and it's kind of like, all right, there's no questionable preseason hype up of, oh, is this going to translate during the regular season? They, did they look good? Did they look bad? And, and try to predict, I mean, you, you saw what you saw. Do you, do you think the football we're watching now is just kind of a teaser as to what we're going to see past week four, maybe going into Thanksgiving? Do you, do you think the level of football will be more enhanced by that point? Everyone will be kind of be settled in? Or do you think the time in training camp and, you know, the type of uh, games they would, scrimmages they would put up against each other? Again, you're not hitting another team, so it's not the same type of play you would in a game. That's why preseason is kind of important, but people would skip over it anyway. But the, what's weird is, and this is kind of a side note here, um, People are making a big deal of preseason now as if they only would put it on for two seconds if when the new starters would come in or anyone new would come in or it's a rookie quarterback like I did like when Daniel, Daniel Jones would come in for the Giants mm-hmm. or like say this year people who are Bengals fans or people who are just fans of Joe Burrow would tune in to watch him until he subbed out. Yeah, for some reason it became so important now but um, I'm going to get into something about preseason in a second but for now it's kind of like another question for you is do you think Past week four and on, going into maybe Thanksgiving. I know that's far down the line, but everyone's kind of starting point is week four for some reason. It's like, I've always heard this thing from last year. It's like, once you pass week four of the season, you know, of the brand new season, every note you have, everything you've taken down from the year prior, erase it. So do you think after week four is when we'll really start to see everything kick in? Because the level of play wasn't so bad. But do you think you could have seen better? Or was it a little sloppy? I don't know. So what do you think of that? Yeah, I feel like it was a little sloppy. I feel like there was a maybe not a ton of turnovers, you know, something like that. But I just feel like going out there, I feel like some of the players were, were not really clicking. Even though, you know, you saw a lot of free agents, like big names too, that went from their old team and now they're seeing a new team and and the transitions I feel like weren't as smooth obviously some had a little bit more success than others but I feel like in recent history it, it's you know you work out those kinks and and you get that game time because as you mentioned when you have scrimmages against your team I mean it's it's not really game time kind of adjustments you're not seeing anything too different so you can't really fix it and, and, and work on it there and kind of be like, all right, this doesn't count. So now we work out the kinks and, and when it doesn't count. And then by the time week one rolls around, we're good. You don't have that. So I, I feel like by week four or five, it's definitely going to be uh, probably a little bit more what we're used to in terms of, of what normal week one or two starts off as. 
what's scared to me, and, and honestly, I, I get your point. I think the exact same thing is that past week four and five, we're going to see things starting to kick into high gear for teams that were really start, were pulling, putting stuff together in training camp, but it didn't really transition into games. Um, but I honestly feel that, uh, you know, there was a lot of teams that didn't really, it didn't seem like there was like much of improvement going into the year. Like there was like the Jets, like this was the same problem from last year. And we'll get into that game a little later on, but it's like, you had the same exact issues last year and you're doing the same thing again. It's like going into training camp and I know it's COVID and I know there's a lot of difficulties there, but going into week one and think about it, there's no more, like there's no bigger preparation for a game than training camp going into week one. You're already prepping, um, you know, with like the zoom calls or before you even put pads on, say if COVID wasn't even a thing right now, that's the game you prepare for day in, day out. You watch film, you have meetings up until one in the morning or something like that. Right. And you play a game like the Jets did, it's like, how does that possibly happen? Because you go into next week, or if you have a short week on a Thursday night, depending on what your schedule is, right? You don't have a lot of time to prepare. And, you know, sure, you could, like, maybe use that as an excuse or use that as kind of, like, a thing in saying that, you know, maybe we didn't prepare too well enough for this team. But going into week one, and you're without a preseason either, it's kind of like you have so much time to prepare for the season. And some teams, it's... It, there, it's a little scary. A little scary that some teams kind of picked up where they left off in a bad way. Yeah, that definitely uh, not promising. The the good news is that there is fifteen more weeks for them to to play to uh, improve that. But never, you know, starting off where you left off if it wasn't great is is not it's always bad news. You know, yeah. <laughs> so let's get into the nitty-gritty here a lot to get to chris i'm gonna throw another curveball at you and it's gonna become just a fastball as time passes by you start this off pick any game you want doesn't matter if it's high scoring doesn't matter if it was exciting pick anything mm. we'll go from there let's make it fun let, let, let me pull up some of the games sure. on my phone and let, let's see i told you it's I a curveball but now week in and week out you're just gonna have the schedule pulled up and you're already gonna know which game you want to get to exactly all righty uh, you know what? You know what game I want to start with because this shocked me. Okay. The uh, Eagles and the football team. I like it. I like it. Uh, <laughs> all right, so we'll start right here, and I'm sure a lot of people will definitely want to hear a little bit about this game. Um, so this game uh, for the Week One matchup uh, was against the Eagles and the Washington Football Team, and ended 27 to 17. Washington Football Team is now the only team in the NFC East currently. Um, in first place with a win, all other three teams, Cowboys, Giants, and the Eagles are 0-1. So where do you want to start off with this game first and foremost? We'll go from there. I want to start off with how the hell did this happen? Yep. <laughs> the only points they I, have on the board as they ended were the points that they had. Couldn't capitalize. I, I was, as I mentioned, as you mentioned before, I was watching Red Zone as well flipping between the Falcons game and then, you know, commercials hit going back to red zone. Right. And I was like, yay, the Eagles 17, nothing kind of, you know, saw this happening. And then all of a sudden two turnovers, you know, two interceptions and points are on the board. And I was like, huh, this is becoming a game. And I didn't think it was going to become a game. And then all of a sudden, you know, Chase Young, I think he had a pretty good game, especially for his first game. I mean, that defensive front, you could find it's, Pretty scary. Yeah. It's and really, I, really good. Eight sacks. I did not. Eight sacks, two picks. They might have had a fumble recovery or something. I That's remember, insane. But yeah, definitely insane. That defensive front 
should be something to worry about. And if they continue to build on that defense, that offense will come along. Ron Rivera, and I know he's going through that cancer treatment right now, as you know. Um, mm-hmm. You know, at halftime, he was taking the scheduled IV and stuff like that. That kind of pumped up the team because Dwayne Haskins was was giving his speech and stuff like that. And maybe that put them over the edge and gave him some excitement. But if Ron Rivera, you know, you know, pushes through, which I think he will, I think he can beat this thing. And I think regardless of uh, how he feels during the season, he's going to do anything he can to be on that field with this team. And um, I, I guarantee you this offseason, he's, he's, he's going to do very well. I think the Washington football team, which is still weird to say, still very fresh, <laughs> can, be, can be a threat in the future. And I think by this offseason, if they get the name, it better be <laughs> really, really good because this team is going to be very scary if they, if they really put everything together. Yeah, and I mean, the weird thing to say, and I'm sure we can watch tons of old episodes that we've talked about, uh, and I'm sure we've mentioned it many times that, you know, the NFC East is, is one of those divisions that's always a toss-up. You never really know who's going to take over. They they might have, you know, they could have a year where the top guy is 11, 12, 13 wins, and then you could have years where they have eight or nine wins, and, and that's the uh, that's the winner of the division, and, and it's it's a weird division, and I feel like it's pretty sporadic who really takes that division. So, again, week one, I know I don't want to overreact too much, but that, that defense looked very good. Definitely looked good. So, but um, we're talking about the, the team that won here. Let's talk about the team that probably should have won in, in, you know, with a 17-point lead, right, in the Eagles. What exactly happened? And other than that defensive front, how do you not capitalize on a 17-point lead? doesn't matter if you get sacked that many times. You can't give up those points. I, uh, it was, it was tough to watch. Like I said, I feel like they just, Wentz gave up two, the first interception he gave up, obviously was, it ended up being crucial at the time. It seemed somewhat insignificant. It's like, all right, it's a 17 point lead. He gave over, gave up an interception, you know, maybe red, not the Redskins, maybe the Washington football team scores. And, uh, you know, they'll, they'll go right back to what they were doing, you know, wipe it off. But then he threw another interception, and it's like, oh. At, at that point, you know, it was just, again, sloppy play. I feel like forcing passes, offensive line has got some injuries, so they're not up to par, and, and it showed. Miles Sanders may have, may have been a big blow, but I don't know how much of an impact he probably would have been because they have similar players like uh, Clory Clement and Bar- – and, um, and Scott, what's his name? Bar- I'm thinking Boston. of Bart- Boston Scott. I'm thinking of Bart Scott yeah, on, the, on the New York radio. Uh, a <laughs> lot, of, lot of similar names we've already talked to, talked about so far. But um, yeah, they're already similar type players to Miles Sanders already. I think there's a lot of more potential in Miles Sanders. I think he's a great player, and they took him in a great spot in the draft where I think they can capitalize with him. Um, but he pops up in the injury report, right? And I think I don't know. I don't think he's been injured as far as I know that badly because I know last year um, he stepped in when Jordan Howard got hurt. Um, mm-hmm. so I think he's a big piece for them. Definitely a big blow to get injured in week one. He's, he's, a, he's, you know, he's practicing this week. I, I saw the reports a little earlier. Um, he was a full participant in today's practice. Today's Wednesday's practice, Wednesday practice. So, um, uh, I think it'll be a significant piece moving forward, but, um, just in general, if you have a lead, you, you really can't blow it. And, and as soon as like the momentum shifts and the other team has the lead, it's like, how where can you really go from there you have that big of a league you you really can't get comfortable in those scenarios and i don't know if i should give the eagles much of a pass here but their offense definitely looked a lot different with or without that 17 point lead right because their their main targets were going to dallas goddard 
they're like secondary yeah. tight end to Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz is kind of in a contract dispute with the Eagles right now. So maybe yep. that beef is building up, you know, behind closed doors. Um, Jalen Rieger, their, their wide receiver that they picked up because they had no weapons last year, which people are very excited about. Um, had one reception, 55 yards. It was a very, very nice catch. Didn't really get involved much thereafter. Same thing with Deshaun Watson. Zach Ertz had that one touchdown, but the rest was mostly to Dallas Goddard, right? So major shift in that offense. I didn't like how they looked, but again, once a team kind of rallies back, what much more can you do there? And their defensive front, again, is scary. So if you can't stop that, can't do much of anything. And you were thinking about this for a second. Their, their offensive line isn't horrible. No, 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 no. At all. They made some significant no. improvements already. Right, they gave that they gave Peters that one year contract, right? I think over. Yeah, they they ended up bringing him back because I believe uh, who was it? Brandon Brooks got hurt. I yeah, believe. and I think they moved him back to his original position at the other side. I, I forgot mm-hmm. what was his original tackle spot. Was he left or was he right? Uh, I'm not. I don't remember. I don't. Well, all you need to know is that the original spot he was in, where he did so well over the course of his career, they moved him back to that spot. That's all you need to know. But um. Yeah, uh, I really don't have much to say here, but definitely this is things are looking up for the the Washington football team. Um, hopefully, it can capitalize a little more. Who knows if this is an anomaly, right? Again, it's week one. Again, I don't want to make that an excuse either because people weren't expecting much from from them at all. Uh, nope. And, and they and they come in and they do that. It's, it's um, they're gonna have a significant matchup against the Cardinals in week two. That's the four o'clock game. Um, that should that should be exciting to watch. Again, the Cardinals are a better team on paper. But now that once they go watch that film, a guy like Carson Wentz is elusive. Kyler Murray is also elusive and they were able to stop him. You know, we'll see what they can do there. Any other thoughts you have on this game? No, it was just a strange game. Okay. So I'll do the second one here. Maybe we'll go back and forth. Uh, I want to start with the first game of the season, right? Let's go Texans chiefs. Um, So they have their stadium at, I think 20, 25% capacity. Um, mm-hmm. Had fans in the stands. Um, it was definitely weird. Do you have you ever read on it how they pick which people can go and who can't? Because they sell out no. every year. So it's yeah, like, I I don't know. I was it's I was like wondering that too. Something? That's something that uh, they, they draft like, which which fans that have season tickets can yeah, go. I was gonna say I guess you know I was gonna say we should ask Mark, but the Giants aren't even allowing fans, so he wouldn't he wouldn't even know. He wouldn't even have that option. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Nonetheless, definitely felt like a, a totally normal football game. I was very excited to watch this game overall because you kind of saw it as kind of like a redemption thing for the Texans because they lost that. What did they have? A twenty-four point lead? Was that it? Something yep, like that. Twenty-four nothing. Twenty-four nothing. Very st- still crazy. I'll, I'll watch that game over and over um, if I if I had the mental capacity to do it. But it, it was that that was a phenomenal game within itself. But getting into this game here, I'll just get right into it. Um, so the Chiefs ended up winning. They they were at home. Uh, 34 to 20 and the Chiefs picked up right where they left off and there's a lot of teams who did that whether it's in a good way or a bad way the Chiefs may have picked off where they picked up where they left off and have done much better than they did last year um, you talk about a guy in Clyde Edward T. Lair who was the last pick in the 2020 draft um, in the first round uh, and he did absolutely phenomenal, right? He may have, he probably could have had three touchdowns couldn't punch it in maybe it was first game jitters but either way first game jitters are going to be 25 carries, 138 yards, 5.5 yards per carry, one touchdown. Could have had three. That's still a pretty solid debut nonetheless. But I want to talk about the Texans first, right? You could 
you could definitely see they're missing DeAndre Hopkins. May have been one of the worst moves they probably oh. could have done. Like, listen, they've had, and maybe the he had maybe DeAndre Hopkins did have some issues within the franchise and wanted to get out, and maybe they they did get him out, right? You still do everything you can to keep him there, and I think that DeAndre Hopkins is the type of guy, knowing his personality from what we see, um, if they give him a significant offer to stay and give him a reason to stay, he will. He has his quarterback already. He's been through hell and back with a bunch of quarterbacks. He had Tom Savage thrown to him, and he was still put, he's still putting up 1,000 yards per year. Um, so it's crazy. You know that's how talented he is. He's, he's, a, he's a top three wide receiver in the league. Um, but you get rid of him, and you bring in David Johnson – who did, who did pretty well, and I think he's going to have some solid games moving forward. I think a change of scenery should do well for him. But they had a guy like Carlos Hyde, but you can't replace a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. You could find any run-of-the-mill running back, and they're going to do well on that uh, on that Texans offense, right? Their offensive line has gotten better over the past, right? They, the highest-paid tackles on that team in Larry Tunsil. So take a run-of-the-mill running back that could do significantly well in that offense. But DeAndre Hopkins, he, you could tell Deshaun Watson is like, there's not much I could do here. Yeah, I mean... Brandon Cooks isn't going to fill that void. He's definitely it was, it was almost like painful to watch because when I think of Deshaun Watson, he's such a like an electric kind of playmaker quarterback. And they just paid and him I, big money, so... Yeah, and I feel like he just... And it wasn't. I'm not blaming him for this. I just feel like he couldn't get anything going. I feel like there's just no one to help in that passing game. Had one touchdown, one interception, but he also rushed in for a touchdown. It was kind of in garbage time. Didn't mean much of anything, right? Um, I saw this thing someone said, and it was crazy to me because if you really put it into perspective, how crazy it is. Um, I think combined, both quarterbacks had about $750 million in, in guaranteed salaries, or that's their total yeah. salary or something like that. Very, very crazy. Between two people. That's it. Very, very insane. Um, what do you think of David Johnson? I know you're you're kind of like an advocate for him in fantasy, whether he does well or bad. You're, same with Derek Andrew. You kind of have this, like, you, you pick <laughs> your guys and you stick with them. Um, I was definitely thinking about that in this game. What would you think of his performance Hey, I that was one of my risky picks. I thought I picked him relatively early. There weren't many good running backs left on the board, so I figured eh, I'll take the gamble. Let me, you know, what's the worst that happens? It doesn't pay off. I'm not really expecting much anyway. And uh, he 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 got in the end zone. He was he looking maybe not exactly where he was when he was, you know, I guess you could say in his prime, but he's looking like he's getting closer to getting back to that than, than over the last couple of years. I always hear stories sometimes where it's like, and I don't even know if they're real sometimes. I'm sure they are, but it's like, uh, you know how in fantasy they only have like the first letter of the first name and then their full last name. Some people are like, oh, I thought I picked David Johnson. I picked Duke Johnson. Now they're both on the same team, <laughs> which I never really put into perspective recently. But like, yeah, you look at the, yeah, the score or... and all the stats and you see two D Johnsons. Again, not much to talk about with Chiefs Texans. You obviously saw the deficiencies with the Texans, but the Chiefs, they're back and ready for action. They're already Super Bowl ready at, when the time comes. Them and the Ravens have a significant chance of going head to head. Um and they didn't even get to they didn't even get to verse each other last year, right? It was because the Titans ended up beating the Ravens. Yep. So they didn't even get to see each other in the playoffs, which we all would have liked to see. Um, but I, the next game I want to jump into is Packers-Vikings. Um, nice. A lot of people are saying that Aaron Rodgers is on an FU tour, but let's talk about the score for a second. This game <laughs> ended 43-34. to Packers 1-0, Vikings 0-1. Oh 
Um, Aaron Rodgers, 32 for 44, 364 yards, four touchdowns. Um, not something I don't think a lot of people would see because everyone was kind of mad that they didn't give him any weapons, but he made it work, right? Aaron Jones gets a touchdown, doesn't miss a step. He rushes in. Um, but look who he's going to use. If you don't give him a weapon, he's going to use the guy over-liable, right? And Devontae Adams, two touchdowns, 14 receptions, 156 yards. Absolutely insane. Absolutely mm-hmm. insane. He gets uh, Valdez-Scantling a touchdown, which was like a phenomenal throw. I don't know if you yep. remember. It, right into the end zone. It was yep. crazy. And then um, he's making Lazard look like a like a solid like two-wide receiver. He was the one that t- that called the battle, and like and like a practice, he was like, "Hey, I want to use you," and he was like, "Okay," and you can't, you can't really say <laughs> no, right? And now here he is; he's going to be a reliable weapon for uh, uh, for Aaron Rodgers moving forward. But what do we think of his performance? Do you think this is something you could see moving forward? Because when the Vikings and Packers go up against each other, it's like this can go either way. But then you remember, oh, Aaron Rodgers is a beast. Yeah, I, I mean, because last year he he didn't do anything. This whole season didn't reflect on this performance. No, I mean, honestly, what I think it is, is that kind of what you said, where it's more of an FU tour. I feel like Aaron Rodgers is now, he has like that chip on his shoulder that's kind of like, oh, fine, you're going to you're gonna try to draft my replacement and not give me any weapons. Uh, I'm going to show you by just bowling out and, and, and doing everything that you didn't think I could do. At any point, if things go south, I, I, I would put a bet on this. I think Aaron Rodgers goes to the Raiders if anything goes south and then they want to put in Jordan Love. I mean, wait, well, yeah, Jordan Love, Julian Love, sorry. And and you know you also have, uh, man, what's his? Name? Oh no, it is Jordan Love. I mixed it is that Jordan up. Love. <laughs> you you also have Gruden, who just loves to to bring on quarterbacks. So I could see it. I could see it too, but uh, hopefully he takes a look at the film and watches Tom Brady's Week One, and it's like, do I want that? I don't know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, phenomenal performance by him. But. Was it at the expense of a Vikings defense that's just really young right now? And like their front looks pretty solid, but overall, that secondary is god-awful. Other than the guy that Mark didn't know existed. Harrison Smith, he does great every year. No, it does, don't him, even need to talk about him. <laughs> him and Anthony Harris are solid safeties, and then their corners are where, as we saw all game, their corners are where they are lacking. Uh yeah, and they have been since Xavier Rhodes. Why did he, what happened that year where he was absolutely great and he was a Pro Bowler? I think he made the Pro Bowler when he was bad because there was a bunch of uh, injuries that were happening too. But doesn't count in my book. When did <laughs> when did he become so? Why was there such a big drop off with him? Where he was so good at one point, he's a number one corner. We were gonna pay him this X amount of money, and he just fell off. I don't know. I don't even think he had like a major injury to where. You know, just set him back. No, he was so just much. garbage. He was just trash. Yeah. Like last year, I remember watching him play, and like thinking, "Are they actually better off without him on the field?" And that was weird to think, because you know he's been an elite corner. So I was just like, "What the hell is going on with is him?" Is he on the Bills now, or is he hurt right now? I don't even know where he's at. I know Norman's uh, on the Bills. I, I thought he's, he's on the Colts. I thought he's on the Colts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> And He's they lost to the Jaguars. How much does that tell you? It um, tells you that not much has changed. That's no. What that's... <laughs> uh, but on Saturday prior to the game, Dalvin Cook ended up signing a huge contract um, with the Vikings to stick around, uh, which I'm very questionable about. Um, you know how you know uh, I'm already hopping. I'm hopping on the bandwagon now of running backs can be found in the fourth round. We can see this all the time, and that brings me over to the Giants. I'm not going to get into that 
a lot right now, but it's like you take him at number two. It's like could we have found someone later on? But like say I love Saquon, so it's like you you kind of have that push and pull type thing. Like you know, what is it like tug rope or what? What is it called? Tug of war. Tug of war. That's a tug <laughs> of rope, dude. Is it weird that like if I was like in a group, if in one of our group chats I was like, yo, tug of war tomorrow, you guys down? I'd be so in. <laughs> you, you should put it. You should put it in now, and then hopefully, if people answer, we'll be able to read the. the th- I'm gonna put it in. Tug of war tomorrow. I got. I got a rope on Amazon. You guys down? Tug of war tomorrow? Question mark. All right. I said tug of war tomorrow. <laughs> I, bought I bought a, a rope. rope on- <laughs> <laughs> so you will see the comments yeah, bro, where as do well. you want to go all right we'll, we'll, <laughs> no, we'll update everyone there yeah. uh but getting into Devin cook right like i want to get into the conversation of yes he had a, he had a great game right 12 carries 50 yards two touchdowns 4.2 yards per carry but you have a guy in alexander madison who is literally the same person who you don't have to yeah, pay he's, yet. He's good. It's like would you just because you know you, you kind of what you know what you're expecting from dalvin cook you sign him to that deal. If you like, if you're the GM, do you sign him, or you're just like you look at Alexander Madison and you're just like, eh, we have a guy here. I could always find a guy in the fourth round next year. I don't care. I mean, recently they were stuck any- in a corner there. They kind of had to. Yeah, recently anybody that's been getting big deals in terms of running backs just ha- it really hasn't paid off for most of them. Zeke is doing okay. But- he is, but now he has his new tattoo. They decides he wants to show off. That was disgusting. Play. I hated that. Well, it was a disgusting act by Zeke Elliott. No, it, it makes sense for him, but if uh, in the future, if Zeke doesn't end up being written down as one of the better running backs people have ever seen, it's just like, this guy's weird. He has a nose ring and a feed me tattoo on his stomach. Can you imagine, like, can you imagine, like, your grandfather being like, oh, yeah, I have a feed me tattoo? Like, because he's going to be someone's grandfather one day. It's like, yeah, my grandpa is Ezekiel, and he has a feed me tattoo on his stomach. Like, <laughs> all right. Yeah, Cadwick, I just saw that. Yep, I just saw he that. He recommended. He said, first to fall in the pool loses." I like it. We're, I, my, we're they're going with it. I honestly like, think this is going to be a joke, but they're going to talk so much about it that we're actually going to end up buying a rope. I was going to say, Amazon. I have an Amazon gift card on my dresser. I might have to go buy this <laughs> rope. <laughs> right, uh, but Dalvin Cook, I guess they were kind of, I guess they were kind of cornered. To, to sign him eventually but yeah right before the season started they didn't want to have any holdouts or anything listen it's a very good weapon to have but if barring any injuries you're kind of screwed there right um adam thielen is there there's number one now that stefan diggs is gone i always thought he was more the number one than stefan diggs but mm-hmm. it was kind of a 50 50 1a 1b type thing but he had six receptions 110 yards two touchdowns very solid out, uh, outing by him um as for everyone else not many receptions there vikings just didn't look good overall uh i've heard people go back and forth thinking kirk cousins is bad or this game was not about kirk cousins it was more about the secondary not his fault you're stuck with kirk cousins for what two three years he signed that contract for oh, oh well he signed he re-upped i, I think it's another two-year contract that he, yeah, that he, he signed he, he extended what he already has so obviously they like what they're seeing from him right so is it more on him like was this offense yeah. not getting moving because of him or was it this defense that just couldn't handle like <laughs> almighty aaron Rodgers? honestly i think it i mean if you give up 43 points and you're but they also put up 24 in the fourth but it's like it's a little too late for that that yeah that is true but but i mean you're, any team if you could put up 34 points 
your offense can do it. I mean, when, when we think about last year, one of those teams that, you know, we mentioned their defense was very good, but their offense just was not helping them was the Bears. And the Bears were not scoring many points. Even when they were maybe, you say, garbage time, they really weren't doing much. So I don't think we have that situation to where, you know, the offense is trash. I, I think that they could be all right. I think the defense just kind of got manhandled by Aaron, by an angry Aaron Rodgers. So moving on from that game right now, much to see there. Vikings uh, are going to see some regression here. Like both teams, I think, are going to see some regression. But um, as of right now, Vikings are on the the bad end of that discussion. But we'll see how it goes from there. Who are the Vikings versus the following week? Let's take a look here. So they go up against the Colts on Sunday, who just lost to the, the Jaguars, Jaguars, who are rebuilding literally left like got rid of everybody as much as they can for picks just to build that up and and they lost so maybe that they'll redeem themselves there for sure as for the packers who they go up against week two uh that'll be the lions who uh just lost a heartbreaker to the chicago bears um but i want to get into the jets and bills right so i talked about um i talked about the jets just picking up where they left off in the worst way you can possible they lose 27 to 17 against the buffalo bills in division game um, the Buffalo Bills all, were a playoff team last year, um, you know, but you you want to go in with a fighting chance, and the Jets just didn't do that. And most people would say twenty-seven to seventeen. You'd say, oh, it's only a ten-point loss. People say that doesn't really translate. If you were actually watching the game, it just yeah. was not good at all. If you don't get that Jamison Crowder touchdown, it's like that was kind of an, a happy accident, if you were to ask me. Um, but yeah. Sam Darnold just didn't look great. I don't know if that's a product of what Adam Gase is making out of him. I honestly don't think Adam Gase is a great coach. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people think like that. Uh, but Sam Darnold, him, like, once I saw that clip of him running over to his left and throwing to his midfield on his right, I'm like, you can't do that. Like, you already lost if, you, if you're doing that. As a right-handed quarterback, you just can't do that. Do that in Madden. It's automatic interception. And yeah, we're I mean, about real honestly, life this game was gross. I don't really have much to say other than... Whenever I see a Jets-Bills uh, matchup, I'm like, all right, this is a chance for the Bills to just have, go on a, a tandem here, just go off. Yeah, there really wasn't much to say about this game on my end. I just think it was just... It was well, Le'Veon Bell is hurt, and he has a hamstring injury, um, and they're going to be going with Frank Gore going into week two. And mm-hmm. we already know how Adam Gase feels about Le'Veon Bell. He hates him uh, <laughs> just because he didn't want to sign him to that massive contract. Now he has Frank Gore, who he knows very well. And I'm sure we'll get the most out of him, just not Le'Veon Bell. Um, Jameson Crowder, seven receptions, 115 yards, one touchdown. He had that one kind of breakaway touchdown there. Take that away. Still probably had a solid game for the most part. Chris Hernan comes back. He has six receptions, 37 yards. Um, just Le'Veon Bell, kind of a no-show there. Uh Honestly, overall, just didn't get anything going. They also had that that delay of game after the TV commercial timeout, right? Oh man, this it's it's, it's like it's like nothing has changed. It's like we're it's like say they played like a week eighteen last year. This is exactly the type of game they would have last year. Yeah, and I mean honestly, <laughs> the relationship with Adam Gaze and Le'Veon Bell for anybody that watches The Office, Adam Gaze is like Michael Scott, and Le'Veon Bell is like Toby. Oh, yeah, for sure. But I want to get to this discussion right now, right? Why is everyone off the, like, just not even a fan of Josh Allen? But when it comes to Sam Darnold, everyone's, like, you know, petting him and, like, grooming him. And they're like, he's going to be great eventually. It's going to happen. Just wait. He's he's that good. But for Josh Allen, who does have a lot of mistakes, he's a playoff quarterback, which is on his resume already. 
on a better on a great team with a great defense, right? So if you want to compare the two teams, yes, one of them has a better one, one of them does not. But Josh Allen will ha- will have like I remember that one fumble he's literally throwing to the other team and stuff like yeah. that. But he'll come, he'll come back and surprise you with some stuff. You don't have the two touchdowns. He didn't have any interceptions. So you know at least he's showing me something. Sam Darnold, like I haven't seen a thing. It's been third year in the league. Show me something. Why does everyone I've, have that narrative with these two quarterbacks? I, yeah, I never understood that either because I never thought Darnold was awful, but I just, you know, never thought he was great. Like everybody was talking about it. And I didn't know if that was just because of the area we're in. You know, obviously there's Jets fans around here. So I didn't know if that had anything to do with it. Uh, but, you know, I was just, I don't, I don't get, I mean, me personally, I'm someone that's very, I mean, I think I had Josh Allen last year on my fantasy team. I, I saw what he was doing because he was on my, my team, obviously, so I would see the stats he put up. Pretty good. I mean, I honestly, one of the quarterbacks that I am very, very excited for this year, I think is going to have a huge jump, and I've probably mentioned this before. I think Drew Locke is just going to be crazy. Didn't have a great game this past Monday, but I, I, if I they'll put it together. Mm-hmm. Head coach is iffy for me. I don't know if I'm a big fan of Fangio. Have a great roster, but if you can't do anything with it, don't know yeah. where you can go from there. Um, but, yeah, Josh Allen also carried the ball 14 times, 57 yards, had a touchdown on the ground also. So it's like he's showing me more than Sam Donald ever will at this point. Who knows if it's Gase? Um, it, it, wouldn't it be crazy if Sam Donald falls in the position where, listen, a lot of teams right now don't need many quarterbacks, right? So yeah. what if he falls into the Josh Rosen situation? And he gets tossed around the league, right? Maybe he gets another starting chance, but it's not with, like, a great, great team. The only way look, there is a possibility this team does awful, and who do they take? number one in the draft yeah exactly Trevor Lawrence. I mean, the only way that i could see them moving on i think would be if uh you know which is very realistic is if they they get rid of gaze soon i i think they might just kind of be like all right they bring somebody in and maybe he wants to kind of do his own thing then maybe i could see it happening but for right now i i think jets fans for some reason are extremely high on sam darnold no matter what he produces or does not produce that's the person that they're with. So I think up until, you know, change of personnel, I, I, I think he's got a job. So we're going to have a little bit of a, a tilt here. We're going to get into some crappy games, but we'll get these out of the way to get to the other better game. Right, well, Colts Jaguars, right. That ends up being, they end up 27, 20. And I told this to you on this podcast. If you find one bright spot in a player, it better be Gardner Minshew. And if he does become the light of the team, good things can happen. Guess what they do? They end up winning this game where nobody thinks they'll win. Against I a, did. Against a Colts team. I picked team. them. You picked them, really? Picked them. Yeah, wow. I did. Why is that? Just because you like Gardner Minshew? <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I just... I like Gardner Minshew, and I'm just not very high on on Philip Rivers. And He's throwing the same interceptions he threw on the Chargers. Nothing's that's exactly changed. what. That's exactly what I was going to say. Because in my head, I thought it could be a pretty close game, and I know recently, over the last year or two, when it comes down to a close game and a game winning decision, Philip Rivers has not made the best choices. So yep. I figured the Jags would be able to pull that off. You think he has a way better offensive line than he did in LA? Uh, yeah, yeah, he definitely. You think with all the time in the world that he has. Things will go on the up and up, but if you listen to the Jaguars and you're already going into next week against a Vikings team that's looking for a win that they weren't out when they were against the, the Packers, right? They, they still ended up putting points on the board. They changed a couple things here and there. They could get demolished here. Um, definitely not a good look for the, the Colts. Not at all. Especially when 
is T.Y. Hilton a number one receiver? Is he? Or are we just pretending? Are we just making stuff up? To me, he's like a. <laughs> to me, he's like a number two wide receiver where there's not a significant number one, so people just make him out to be a number one. He's like a one point five. I guess so. <laughs> like I've only seen like one or like a couple games from him where. Yeah. He'll have like big games because he's he'll have like a deep threat type of game, but other than that, mm-hmm. he's not like the go to guy. Like they got Paris Campbell involved this game. Yeah, I I think the best way to put it is he's a number one because of the position he's in. But in a lot of teams, he would be a number two. So Marlon Mack uh, tears his Achilles out for the season in a contract year. Definitely brutal. Um, they go into next week with, you saw what happened with Naheem Hines, right? It's kind of like mm-hmm. an over-reliable type thing because you also have Jonathan Taylor who you took in the draft who can be a very, very solid running back to them. Um, and they'll, they'll get to showcase that next week. Uh, well, this upcoming week. Mm-hmm. Um, but Naheem Hines, right? You know, like, who would have thought he would have had that type of game going into week one, right? Like he has six, like seven yeah. carries, 28 yards, one touchdown, and then he has the passing touchdown. So I don't know. Is that something you're going to see moving forward? Or do you think Jonathan Taylor just kind of moves up in the rankings and that was just an anomaly? I kind of hope they, they throw in the rookie. I, I really do. I, I kind of want to see what he can bring to the table. I think he was pretty pretty solid in college, and I think, you know, obviously Marlon Mack's not coming back this season, so nope. he's definitely going to get more. He may not more... come back ever. Exactly. So, I mean, he's definitely going to be getting more looks than he normally would, whether that's as the established one or that's as kind of just put him in it, putting him in as that, you know, kind of sub sub guy. I mean, we're going to see something out of him. So, um, I, I think he's going to be pretty solid. I think, um, I think their offensive problem. I hate to say this is more Philip Rivers, and I feel like they're, they're receivers. I think, as you mentioned, T.Y. is is good, but it's like, is he really an established number one? It's it's a lot of stuff up in up in the air. So you want to talk about some more crappy games. What about the Ravens yep. and the Browns? Um, yeah, so the Ravens pretty much uh, – they left pretty Pick much, up where they left up, just like the, just like yep. the Chiefs. Just and like the Chiefs. Uh, this is exactly what, how I thought the game was going to go. Really, and six points for the Browns is how you thought this was going to go. Well, I thought it was going to be a blowout. I didn't think it was going to be. You know, this this was the definition of a blowout. If you look up, if you look up blowout in the dictionary, this is the game that comes up. The the final score here and the box score, that's what comes up. Yeah, I mean, just receivers had for the Browns. I mean, their offense together did nothing. Dude, I was expecting nothing. a way better game. I love Stefanski, Kevin Stefanski. The way he called plays and the way he actually liked to run the ball, because, you know, they got rid of DiFilippo. He jumps mm-hmm. in, and he ends up using Dalvin Cook a lot better, and they run the ball. They set the tone a little bit more. You like what you see out of that offense. I thought I knew Stefanski was going to eventually be a head coach because of the way he called plays, mm-hmm. and that just can't happen. Six points? Really? Seriously? Baker? Maybe, maybe it's because Baker, Baker looked awful. He did not look good. He didn't look comfortable oh, at he, all. He, he, Odell oh. looked like he didn't want to be there. It's just kind of piled on top of each other because of the news that came out during the week that's spreading around the internet, which probably isn't real at all. But it's you know it's stuck in his head during this game if he's not getting reception. He had like ten targets, only brought in like three or something like that. Um, yeah, Baker, twenty-one for thirty-nine, one hundred eighty-nine yards, touchdown pick. Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb. Do you think they're gonna split the backfield like this moving forward? You know, Kareem Hunt ends up finishing with more carries than Nick Chubb, but it was kind of a bad game, I would say. But do you think? Like it was kind of he was kind of inching. I think Kareem Hunt has been inching since the time he signed uh, after that debacle over in in um, Kansas City, right? That he was eventually gonna try to compete with Nick Chubb to get some more carries, and now here he is. 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, Chubb is a very good running back. But I think when you have Chubb and you have Hunt, it's, it's very hard to just stick with one of them. It's very yeah. hard. Very so hard. I feel like it, it is going to be kind of just whoever has the hot hand. I think they're just going to kind of give majority of the looks for that game. Uh, I it's going to be tough for fantasy to have. I one still of- think Chubb fits this offense much better, and Kareem Hunt deserves to be on another team where he's the number one guy. Take any of his you know, things that he did off the field aside. He's a really, really good running back. So it's like if he ever – because I know they sign him – what did they sign him to? They signed him to like a, a some type of contract where he's not going to be over there for that long, but they want to keep him on the roster. Yeah. But if he goes to a team that desperately needs a number one and he signs a pretty decent contract with them, he could be a number one guy. He can carry his own. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just one of those things where, honestly, you look at that team on paper and they look stacked and you figure, wow, they're going to be competing for you know winning that division and so forth. And they're just not. And this is their third head yeah. coach in three years or something like that. And they are just not – putting it together and this is like the second or third year Odell and Jarvis has been there I mean they they put they brought in Hooper they, this year they brought in Kareem Hunt last year like they just keep adding pieces but everything they did they did opposite it's like oh Chubb you should have a more significant role this year he had a pretty decent year last year right but they give more carries to Kareem Hunt but then you go to Hooper you bring in on a big deal and they give the one touchdown to David Njoku who wanted yeah. to trade in the offseason, and they end up bringing him back somehow. And I think he's hurt, I don't know. He's hurt right now, right? He just got yeah, hurt? Yeah, out a couple weeks. Go figure. And then Jarvis Landry, he has a he has a hip injury right now. Um, I don't know if he's going to play on Thursday. It's a short week. And probably then, not. Then Odell, he didn't have a great game, and once he's not get, he's not making the catches he's going to get, um, he's just not going to – he's not going not gonna to want to play at all because he gets frustrated. He wants to win, which is nice, but it's like if you just start giving up in the middle of the game, we could see your body language, bro. And just Siciliano yeah. was like, do you see how this dude's walking around the field? He just doesn't want it. And apparently they're shopping him right now, supposedly. Yeah, I, I saw that. So maybe he wasn't a great idea to have on my fantasy team if he's being shopped to go somewhere else. Um, uh, you never know. He could be put somewhere. There are some some good teams that need some help. At if the Packers that. get him, um, yeah, that'd be sad. Uh, <laughs> but there's a possibility. Who knows? Um, yeah, just like, not a great game gonna happen? at all. I'm going to tell you exactly what's going to happen. Okay. Where does he go? Play, the Falcons play the, the Packers, I believe, week four. I believe it's a night game week four. Your luck, they'll trade for him like tomorrow. That's what I was going to say. They're going to trade for him. Right before we play them, yep. like the week leading up, and I'm I'm gonna be like, come on. And you'll I be like, can't... all right, this is one of those games where he's got to get used to the playbook, and then he just hops in and he runs a slant route, and then there he goes. Yep. <laughs> you heard it here first. So I'm ready for the conversation with Lamar Jackson. Right? Look, look, people think he can't throw. He's not the best. He has a bad arm. Twenty for Good twenty-five, trust. 275 yards, three touchdowns. I'll take that from any one of my quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Right, you take these quarterbacks that are throwing forty yards, like forty times, with two touchdowns max. This guy's getting three with less than 30, 30 attempts. So it's like I'll take that any time of the week, dude. Robert Griffin is probably like this is probably the best team I could have been on because I actually get some playing time here. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, he also carries the ball seven times, forty-five yards. Didn't miss a step. But here's where things kind of shook up for me. Right, 
Mark Ingram, 10 carries, 29 yards, got nothing really going on the ground. Neither did J.K. Dobbins, but he gets the two touchdowns. When does the shift happen? Do you think by week eight, J.K. Dobbins takes this backfield? Because this is the last year Mark Ingram's on, on the team. He signed a two-year deal. It's $15 million, I believe. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't a fan. Does Mark have – someone has Ingram. He just dropped him. Okay, I was going to say, he. I feel like it was him. Because he, he has the trade. trade me. Yeah, he was trying to trade me Ingram, and I was like, I don't want Ingram. And he's like, why not? I'm like, I just, I don't think he's gonna do a lot. I think he, he's just gonna, he's gonna be all right. I don't. He'll I don't have better days. I think people are overreacting to his performance for sure. Still got more carries, so that's that's something to look at. Yeah, I, I just think, I mean, Dobbins, he was impressive, very impressive. Right. So, better days from him, but I think I think Dobbins by like week eight, he's taking over that backfield for sure. Um. Hollywood Brown, five receptions, 101 yards, gained 20 pounds of pure muscle over the offseason. Um, definitely a weapon you want to keep on that roster. Uh, if he's hurt, not bedtime per se, because Mark Andrews is an absolute stud and he'll get open to it. He had that one-handed catch in the end zone. Bad throw by Lamar Jackson, but you just ended up making Mark Andrews look even better probably than he yeah. is. Um, I think he should definitely be in the conversation as one of the better tight ends in the league right now. I think that specifically in this offense, Mark Andrews goes anywhere else. I don't think he could be as effective as he is. Like you take guys like George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, they go to any offense, any run of the mill quarterback, they'll make some plays. But for uh, Mark Andrews, um, I don't know if he can exactly do that, but he should be in the conversation for sure as one of the top tight ends in the league. Yeah, I agree with that. So moving on from, that game right um let's talk a little bit about Raiders Panthers again I don't have much expertise on this game because I really didn't watch it that much all I saw was a Panthers team that not bad putting up 30 points on the board making a comeback against the Raiders Raiders ended up taking the victory 34 to 30 um they're now 1-0 first win as the Las Vegas Raiders um people do you think do you think the car the the Carolina Panthers could be a potential wild card team at some point this season. I just Listen, on paper you're like, I don't know about this, but that was a pretty decent game they put up there. It was a pretty good game. I mean, I'm just not sold on Teddy. He's a good quarterback, but I'm just not sold after really not having much playing time over the last, you know, couple years because of injuries and so forth. I'm not so sure he's going to be able to kind of turn the team around just in a year. Maybe, you know, next year, the year after, they kind of start to add a little bit more pieces and, and you know, get a, used to this offense and so forth. I, I think if they do start to pick it up, it might be towards the very end of the season. It's going to be too late. Right. Um, Christian McCaffrey, already a beast. Don't need to talk about him. He's going to carry <laughs> that offense again this year. Robbie Anderson, six receptions, 114 yards and a touchdown. That's going to be the guy for Teddy Bridgewater. I think I knew that coming in. People want DJ Moore to do a lot better, but I think Robbie Anderson is the guy, if you were to ask me. Um, yeah. And they already kind of knew each other because Teddy Bridgewater was on the Jets for like two seconds. Mm-hmm. So there's already a, a mutual thing there going on there. Um, overall, Josh Jacobs, absolute stud. 25 carries, 93 yards, three touchdowns. If he stays healthy, he could be very, very dangerous. Honestly, in my opinion, should have been rookie of the year last year. I think they yep. just handed it over to a quarterback because it's a quarterback award, just like the MVP award, and then there you go. You gave it to Kyler Murray. Um, that's just my opinion. What are your What's your opinion on Henry Ruggs right now, and what do you think he can be on that team? Yeah, I mean, I, I drafted him in fantasy, so obviously I have some sort of hope for him. I think he's going to do pretty well. 
Um, I, I mean, what was interesting was he was used his first catch. I believe it was like a 45 yard catch or something. I know he went and then down. He, kind of, he got hurt after that. Right? Yeah, yeah. I know he got hurt after that. Um, but that's kind of what I thought he would be able to do. Kind of be that, that, that long ball kind of guy, maybe, you know, get four catches, five catches in a game, but one of them is going to be like a 30 or 40 yard touchdown, like just out of nowhere. So I, I think that's kind of how he's going to be utilized. Right. Um, Darren Waller, they signed him to the con to that contract. Um, I think he, could, he can have a significant impact come this year. He's one of the better tight ends in the league also. Um, overall, I don't know how that offense can expand. I mean, if you could run it through Josh Jacobs, you could do it successfully and then spread the ball out a little bit because I don't think they have the best weapons in the world. I think Hunter Renfro could take a step up if they just give him an opportunity. Mm-hmm. But they also have Nelson Aguilar, who's kind of a slot guy. Where are they using him? Because Hunter Renfro is supposed to be the slot guy, but Nelson Aguilar yeah. is also a slot guy. So it's like, what's going on there? Aguilar got a touchdown, didn't he? He did get one touchdown. That was his only reception. Right. So, I don't know. I At guess I got to figure that it. out. I want to talk about this game now. Bears-Lions. 27-23. to Bears take the victory. A late victory. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the Bears only had six points going into the fourth quarter. Meanwhile, by the time the fourth quarter came around, it was already 23-6. to So, you talk about a comeback by the Bears, who no one was expecting that to actually achieve that. They ended up doing it. Mitch Trubisky, let's start with him. 20 for 36, 242 yards, three touchdowns. Doesn't translate to what he did earlier in the game, but the fourth quarter comes and he goes off. Um, what do you think of his performance and when do we see Nick Foles? You don't pick up that contract if you're going to have – you're, you're not going to have him on the bench. There's just no way. I, I don't know. That makes it so much harder for Matt Nagy to make his decision now. It does, because, I mean, I thought right off the bat, all right, it's just going to be Foles, and we're going to start the season with him. And then I heard, oh, well, there's a competition. They haven't made a decision yet. And in my head, I was like, yeah, they're just saying that just to say that. And then, you know, come week one, it's going to be Foles and, and so forth. And then they came out and gave it to Trubisky, and I was like, oh, maybe that wasn't all a lie, that there was an actual competition. So, it's solid it's solid performance to come all the way back, right? But let's I want to use – this right because it's kind of recent of today actually where Allen robinson wants out of chicago yep people would say he's probably a top 10 maybe even a little more than top 10 top seven wide receiver if he gets a, if he gets a good quarterback which i definitely agree mm-hmm. with he made something out of nothing early in like fantasy when no one thought he was going to be good i ended up picking up Allen robinson he did phenomenal with blake bortles and now he's doing significantly better as time goes on with Mr. Bisky, but he, there's still a lot on the table that he has in store and we just haven't seen it yet because he doesn't have a good quarterback. He requests a trade. He goes on to tell the media that he loves the team with all his heart, which means he's going to get traded probably next week. So probably because if you love the team with all your heart, you don't remove them from your bio and all your pictures. And them. that that's your number. Yeah. You, yeah. That's, that's where all that stemmed from is because uh, out of the bio, no pictures with the team at all. Um, that's how the leagues work now. If you if you do something on social media, the media's gonna pick it up. Um, <laughs> if he goes out, they really don't have significant weapons. Who are we gonna use? Jimmy Graham. He only got like three receptions, one touchdown. What is he without that touchdown? Doesn't really do much, right? Yeah. I like Anthony Miller, but he's not a number one guy yet. No, he's not. They would they would have to. Uh, they, he gets the touchdown. Bring someone in. Yeah, and their back their backfield's a little iffy. Again, great win by the Bears. I don't think that's gonna. That's not going to hold up for much longer. Now you've got that issue with one of your better wide receivers, right? 
So Matt Stafford, 24 completions, 42 touchdowns. 42 touchdowns, 42 attempts. 42 <laughs> touchdowns. They would have won with 42 touchdowns. Yeah, 24 for 42, 297 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. Adrian Peterson looked kind of solid with his yeah, brand-new yeah. team with the Lions. 14 carries, 93 yards. Um, Daryl Bevel's going to have a lot of fun with him. Meanwhile, you get DeAndre Swift with a, a rushing touchdown. But they could have had the game-winning touchdown. Listen, his first game, week one, he's so lucky there's no fans there. He drops the ball. It's in oh, his hands. Yeah. And that was the definition of, I am already I already want to score before I catch it. You know what they always say? It's like you got to catch it first. And it was just in his hands in that one second it was, and the next second it wasn't. Couldn't believe it. I, I felt so bad because I, I was actually watching the end of that game. And I saw it, and I was like, oh. Like they just won it, and then I saw the ball hit the ground, and I was like, "Oh my god, he did not just drop that." But I realized who it was, and I instantly felt awful. It's like this poor guy's first game in the NFL, and and that's what he's gonna have to, you know, go by. Oh, it's 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 tough. I'll tell you some bright spots on this offense, regardless if Kenny Galladay was playing or not. T.J. Hawkinson is he's gonna be in the discussion as one of the better tight ends in the league when the time comes. Still early on in his career. I think Noah Fant maybe has the edge on him as of right now. It's just because of the circumstances he's in and what kind of offense he's in. But look pretty solid. I know he was injured for the most part of last year, but his first game coming in too, what did he have? Like he had like one one or two touchdowns, I think, in his first game mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. Against the Cardinals. Uh when Galladay comes back, um, I don't know, dude. You just can't give up all those points to the Bears. You just, every, everyone is, was on the bandwagon of the Lions being one of the better teams in the, in the NFC North. So, nah, not after that game. Nope. I'm not. Every, yeah. Everyone's predictions are now upside down just after that one game alone. Can't do that. Can't do that. Um, all right. Let's get to the nitty-gritty for you. Uh, Seahawks-Falcons. Give me what you got. 38-25, Mr. Unlimited wins the game for the Seahawks. He, he's so good. He's so freaking See, good. that's the thing. I have two opinions of the game. My first opinion... Is that you guys can't get points until after halftime? Yeah, my, my first opinion is, Jesus Christ, our defense still sucks, and why are we not scoring on offense? But my second opinion is, well, is Russell Wilson just that good that like he he's just that made good? Our defense... He's that good. That's what I'm saying. Like, did he just make the defense look awful and they did improve? It's just against him. He just had a phenomenal game and like, there's nothing they could do. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm kind of thirty-one torn. for thirty-five, dude. And and that's the thing. It's hard to and stop. And time time is gonna tell because the one thing I can say for certain is they were getting to the quarterback a lot more. Last year, they were barely getting any pressure, not getting any sacks. They got four sacks this game. And the first pass that Russell Wilson rolled out to, he got sacked. So there was an improvement on that side. They definitely did improve the pass rush, which is something that was very, very big. So I do give him credit for that. The offense under Dirk Cutter is still looking questionable. It seems as though he still does not know how to utilize all the weapons he has because when you look at the stat sheet, all three of their receivers, you got Gage, Calvin Ridley, and Julio, all over 100 yards. But And you, and you figure that's a stat that, oh, wow, like this team, they, they destroyed the team they played. And, you know, you had Todd Gurley with like 60 or 70 yards and a touchdown. That's why you got to watch the game to see where things went wrong. Exactly. It's like, how did they not win that game? Take a look at what happened in the first half. Exactly. It's 
honestly, I feel like another thing that kind of bit them in the ass was that they were just unlucky. I mean, the Seahawks went for it on a fourth down and ended up getting a touchdown off of it. Then the Falcons went for it on a fourth down, ended up converting was it, it, was it, that, it. Was that the fourth down that was the nice like bucket catch by DK Metcalf? Was mm-hmm. that, the, that was the fourth yeah. down play? So there Dude, was that. that was so pretty. That was one of the and, prettiest throws I've ever seen. And that's what I'm saying. Like There was that, and then the fourth down, the Falcons actually did convert on a fake punt, but the guy fumbled it. So it was kind of like things were just not going the Falcons' way, and things were really going the Seahawks' way. And, I mean, I'm not – I'll be the first one to say this. Seahawks completely outplayed the Falcons, even if you take out the mistakes and oh, all yeah. that. Oh, yeah. They definitely outplayed them. But Dude, it's, it's just Ryan to the point to where – 54 ugh. times. 54. Well, because then they were behind and he had – Right, you got to start throwing, right? Up. He had 450 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Todd Gurley looked okay, but that's the similar stats he had in L.A. Yeah. He's got to start pushing some more yards because if he's well, going to look exactly the same – listen – Yo, he looks good in that Falcons uniform. Once you saw, once I saw the uniforms on TV, I'm like, this is sick. I kind of like it. Yeah, I mean, I think what they need to do is they, they, what they try to do is establish the run early. They tried to establish the run, and I think that took him out of the game because they established, tried to establish it early. It was not working, and then they were behind by two possessions, and it was kind of like, well, now you can't use Todd Gurley because you have to pass the ball. So three of the so, receivers got nine receptions. Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, Russell Gage, all for over 100 yards. That's insane. Yeah, and they lost, so I don't And they I lost. Don't get it. Calvin Ridley gets the touchdowns. Gets, yeah, he got two nice touchdowns. The yep. first one he got, he completely just made two defenders run into each other, and he was wide open in the end zone. Yeah. I was just like, I remember watching the game. I was like, why is he wide open? Because I'm like, he's no longer a rookie. He's no longer like this – nobody i'm like he's been talked about a lot in the offseason it's like you figure you wouldn't just leave him open and then they showed the replay but dude but you have a head coach in dan quinn who's already playing for his job we've been talking about it for like the past two years we've been doing this yep. podcast it's like when does it end this year's got to be the year right if, unfortunately if, if things if don't, things don't go well it's you got to get rid of them. the whole coaching staff has got to be gone yeah because what they do they're like you pick your coaching staff get pull this pull this stuff together yeah, it, it, I I definitely think if the season doesn't go well, Cutter's out. I think even if the season goes eh, Cutter's out. I don't think they're bringing him back. <laughs> Dude, uh, if you don't beat the Cowboys next week, I think that's where the conversation is headed. Yeah, it's it's not it's not looking good. I mean, it also doesn't help when when our division is a tough division because, you know. They're not easy wins. Not some some teams have that where they have easier wins that they can bank on in their division and it helps them move up. It's not the case. All right. Moving on from that, let's get into the game of the week per se. Game of the week. Buccaneers Saints, right? That ends thirty four to twenty three. Kind of Tom Brady's debut with a different team, been with the same team for twenty years. He goes to the Buccaneers. We see him in the Buccaneers uniform. Didn't play that great. Nope, not at all. Um and then Bruce Arians goes on to the post-game pressers <laughs> to be like, yeah, he played awful. <laughs> and yeah, people he was, are like, when has Bill Belichick ever been like, Tom is awful? Yeah, and I mean, he even said, he goes, well, I don't know where that came from because he was good in practice. Like, what? It's like, yeah, because it's practice. Same thing Adam Gay said. It's like, we had a good week of practice. <laughs> but if it doesn't translate, it doesn't matter. Um, but getting into his stats, he gets the first touchdown of the game, right? I sent you that thing. Someone on FanDuel put that he would get the first touchdown of the game. Yep. And they won like fifty thousand dollars something like that yep absolutely insane he goes 23 for 36 239 yards two touchdowns two picks one of them being a pick six that just didn't look good at all 
No. Um, the other pick he ends up being really angry about because of the mistakes that were made. They even have a solidified backfield yet, I don't think. I don't know if Ronald Jones is going to be the guy yeah, in the future because you have Leonard Fournette. You have him for a year, right? But mm-hmm. he's still a guy who can contribute. Maybe he's still getting used to the team. He got signed prior to week they also, one. They also have McCoy, and they have the guy Vaughn that they drafted. Right, but I don't think Vaughn was used in this game. I don't think Who is Scotty been. Miller? Where did he come from? He, they, okay, I, yeah. What happened see, to Adam I, Humphreys? I'm like, I, I thought... No, no, see, <laughs> we, we discussed this. I know he so, left, but... So Dante and Steve and Mark were watching the games with me. And what we established is that Brady always needs his little Julian Edelman kind of guy. And he's like, Scotty Miller's and, that guy. And that's Scotty Miller. He's, he's like, like, I have Chris Godwin, I have Mike Evans, anyone I could ever want. Maybe one of the best rece- one of the better receiving cores in the league, if not the yeah. best. And he's like, Scotty Miller, like this guy. Yeah, because if you think about it, it was Wes Welker, then Amendola, then Edelman, and, and now he's got Scotty Miller. Chris Godwin, he's in the concussion protocol currently right now. Um, hopefully he's going to be okay by Sunday. Either way, Scotty Miller's there. Uh, you bring the Rob guy. Gronkowski out of retirement, and you use him for blocking. And he wasn't even that great at blocking. And he gets no. two receptions for eleven yards. What is going on? Um, if you bring someone out of retirement, you're going to use him. Yeah. And so, you want, so what's going on is that everybody got aboard the hype train like they did with the Browns, whatever it was, two years ago, and realizing that two players does not fix a whole team that's had issues. Just did not look good. Um, no, not a, and I know the Saints are a good team, but they themselves did not look good. Like not Tom Brady numbers. The receivers were not putting up the numbers they were last year. It was just all around not a great performance by the Bucks. So Mike Evans' lone touchdown, lone catch was a touchdown, but he was doubt, he was doubtful going to the game, and then they said he was active. Yeah, it was just uh, very strange going into that week. Maybe they could put it. They're gonna win some games and obviously, but um, again, tough division, and that showed already. And did you see that report after the games ended that Tom Brady wanted to go to the Saints if Drew Brees was out? Yeah, I did see that. So who knows what would have happened there. Um, But on the other side, you have Drew Brees, who did not throw a lot, 18 completions on 30 attempts, 160 yards, two touchdowns. Latavius Murray gets more carries than Alvin Kamara. He didn't have to do too much, though, because in the passing game, he also gets five receptions, 51 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Latavius Murray can hold his own. He's been doing that since he's been on the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Um, got Jared Cook, five receptions, 80 yards. Michael Thomas, three receptions, 17 yards. You wonder why was he not used that well? It's because he's injured. He has a high ankle sprain right now, and he's going to be out for the, for the next couple weeks. Big blow. Yeah, well, Big I blow. mean, he... He got injured towards the end of the game, and and you know obviously that was what you just mentioned is is going to be tweeted out by, you know all the the top analysts, and what made me laugh really hard, is that people were like, oh well, like he only had 17 yards, and and some Saints fans were like, yeah, well he was getting double and triple covered, and everyone was like, so you think that every other top receiver doesn't that doesn't happen to like do you think that yeah. it's just him like, what's What's going on? So, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I'm curious if – I know he got injured towards the end of the game, but even leading up to that, he really wasn't very effective at all in what he was doing. And and I feel like that kind of showed, like you said, Brady uh, – not Brady, Breeze really didn't have many yards, not many pass attempts, and I feel like it, that that's why. I feel do, like they just, do you think that's showing what Drew Brees is going to be capable of doing this year? Is it just going to be less than 20 completions and – 
just not that many attempts. I honestly, I think between the both quarterbacks in those games, I think all that they need to do is just enough to win. They don't need to be, you know, elite superstars anymore. So Drew Brees has probably one of the best teams over the last couple of years that he had ever in his whole time with the Saints. And it shows because he could rely a little bit more on his defense, whereas, you know, those seasons where they were having losing records and yeah. so forth, he had to sling and get over 5,000 yards in a season. He no longer has to do that. So Emmanuel Sanders is going to have to step up. Same with Traquan Smith, who we mentioned earlier, who we forgot the name of. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll have to see what happens going into next week. Who do they go up against? Let's take a look here. I don't remember. I don't remember either. I don't have the schedule memorized. They go up against the Raiders. I think they're probably going to go up against the Raiders. Looking at their mm-hmm. performance against the Panthers, they let up a little bit, left up a good amount of passing yards to Teddy Bridgewater. Maybe we'll see a little bit more, but he may not have to use it. If you have a team's number, don't have to use it. Um, yeah. Heading towards the tail end of games here. Let's just get to the just, just get to the point with this game. I don't want to spend too much time on it. Listen, Joe Burrow was great. Bengals Chargers. That game ended sixteen to thirteen. Chargers take the victory, which probably shouldn't have been the victory at that moment in time. <laughs> but um, Joe Burrow, he looked good for his. You know, some I hear some people were on the fence. People were like, "Oh, he wasn't that good." Some people were saying he was pretty solid. I thought he was solid for a rookie quarterback. Yeah, definitely. Good probably player. should have had a game with like a. Like a game-winning touchdown towards the end of the game, if there wasn't any push off for AJ Green. AJ Green, welcome back to the league. Those are the type of calls that are going to happen. Um, it ends on a Randy Bullock kick, uh, where he pretended to be injured, and it, he just is completely, <laughs> completely sailed right. Just didn't even get close. And he, in their injury, there was an injury report, but he spoke to the media, and he was like, "Yeah, I hurt my left calf, but it was like actually his right calf or something." Yeah, he like was that. holding that. Yeah, he was holding the wrong calf that he said yeah. he hurt. Which is very typical. Whenever we, if you're ever playing a sport and you do something wrong, you, you immediately, oh my arm, you know. <laughs> I was talking to my friend the other the other day on a different podcast I did called First Down Giants, uh, and he was saying, yeah, I'm an umpire. I, I do that part time, and you see that a lot of times with kids when they're pitching and like uh, they give up a home run. Oh my arm, <laughs> you know, like everyone. Yeah, does it's, that. it's the cop out. That's what it is. But it's, dude, it's... Randy Bullock, like. They were mentioning the stats earlier in the game. They were like, there are only three other quarterbacks who, in their rookie season, won their first game as the number one overall pick. And if Joe Burrow won, he would have been the fourth. Mm-hmm. And one of them was John Elway. So it's like, I remember Becca pointed that out to me. It's like, oh, let's see if they get it. And I, I remember sitting over that field goal, and it completely sailed right. And I was like, you have to be kidding me. Yeah. And isn't that crazy? That happens in the Chargers' favor. I, that doesn't yeah, happen. I, I was watching the game, and... Philip Rivers is I like, just, dang it, why did that happen to me? I was just like, as a joke, I was sitting there, and I was like, yeah. I'm like, I don't know why they're kicking. And everyone's like, why? I'm like, because he's not going to make it anyway. And then he missed, and I was like, oh, God. He was like, like he was like the perfect it. candidate to probably miss that field goal. <laughs> Very sad. Uh, it's bang, just bang, a sad game. Bengals do play against the Browns this Thursday. One of the teams hoping for a win. Uh, Browns probably need it more than the Bengals do, but uh, I'd love to see Joe Burrow put on a little more, more of a show now that he ha- now that he has a hundred percent healthy AJ Green. That'll benefit him. Uh, Cardinals 49ers. Um, a lot of people said the Cardinals were going to win this game. People think Cardinals are a dark horse, even though they are significantly better now that they have DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Kyler Murray's second year. You know, go there's a lot of sophomore slumps where people think that Kyler Murray, coming off his first year, now he has better weapons. He can use his legs, as we've seen. He should be better, and that's exactly what happened. Twenty-four to twenty, Cardinals up one and zero. Uh, 49ers down zero and one, and the the Niners going into these next two weeks, they're gonna 
beat the living hell out of these these New York New York teams. I, for I saw sure. that. That's what I said. Nobody, yeah. So they don't need to worry about anything. But Kyler Murray, twenty six for forty, two hundred thirty yards, touchdown to pick. Uses his legs, carries the ball thirteen times, ninety one yards, a touchdown. Gives DeAndre Hopkins a career high fourteen receptions, hundred fifty one yards. Um, Larry Fitzgerald gets involved. I think he's just excited to be there. Christian Kirk was a dud. Oh yeah. Um, you know, Kenyon Drake gets involved too. Sixteen carries, sixty yards. They just offensively were ridiculous and on defensively they actually did pretty well as well so you like they did to a see lot better defensively, defensively yeah i like jordan hicks so everyone likes patrick peterson yeah those, those guys were putting it together defensively which definitely helped them in this game uh jimmy garoppolo threw 33 times but only completed 19 of them had two touchdowns raheem mostert didn't get much going on the ground like for the most part but he did have a pretty solid game in terms of uh passing george kittle still hurt a little bit on that knee um, that he had in the middle of the game. Um, you definitely hope he could be okay. You just signed him to a massive, massive tight end deal. You hope he could stay all right. Um, Jarek McKinnon, finally, he gets a touchdown. Finally, not only in his first game after being with the team for two years because he had yeah. some setbacks with his ACL tear, but he gets a touchdown this game and looked okay. He did look good. I, th- I think he even tweeted out after the game and he was like, I'm back. He could be a significant a significant aspect if he doesn't have any setbacks with that ACL tear. And Tevin Coleman, I think he's slowly but surely fizzling out. Yeah, which is crazy that Kyle Shanahan could care less if you have what did he have? What did he have that one game last year? He had like three touchdowns, four touchdowns or something yeah, like that on the ground. Thing. And it, the next game, it just doesn't matter. But yeah, I mean, they they just picked up Mohamed Sanu too, so I'm curious they how did. that's gonna go. Right, um, curious how that's gonna go. I don't think much will come out of it. I think Kyle Shanahan is just like I know that guy, and he brings him in just like Tevin Coleman. Yeah, that's what he seems to do. You see, there's a few offensive linemen, uh, you know, a couple offensive guys as well, other defensive guys that that were on the Falcons, and they just you know ended up there. So that that's kind of seems to be what he's doing. All right, heading towards the tail end here. Last game, prime time of the Sunday. Uh, football schedule in terms of week one games was Cowboys Rams ended 20 to 17. Did Mike McCarthy not learn from when he was on the Packers or am I just bugging out here? Dude, you have a fourth and three. You could kick it, tie the game, give your team an opportunity. They go for it on fourth and three. Don't get it. It's never a sure thing to get a first down. Why does he think three yards is like three inches? It's hard to get. This It's a game of inches. It's a game of inches. I don't know. And I don't you, know. If you can't get build momentum to get an inch, how are you going to get three yards? I, I don't know what he's thinking. I mean, he, he again, he didn't coach last year, so we'll see how this goes. He, he had a pretty successful track record at Green Bay. I mean, him and Rodgers had, had their issues, but overall, he, he wasn't, you know, he brought success to the team, so hopefully he could turn it around a little bit. I think the wide receivers look good. Amari Cooper's obviously the mm-hmm. guy. C.D. Lamb gets five receptions. He's going to look good. He's going to get a significant amount of targets moving forward as well. I think Michael Gallup still is going to be a significant impact for the team. I think he's really good for them. Uh, but let's talk about the play, big play of the game, right? Uh, where this game would probably be sitting here talking about something different if there wasn't the pass interference call, which you can no longer challenge. But mm-hmm. Jalen Ramsey just gets signed to a massive contract. He comes in and has an Oscar-worthy performance in that call. He sold it, dude. You look That's at what it was. in full speed, you're like, yeah, it looks like it. But you look at it in the replay, and it was like, there's no way. There, yeah, there, there definitely wasn't. There definitely wasn't. I mean, 
it sucks because their refs have just I know last year almost every week we had at least a comment to make about how, how somehow the refs ruined the game. And I, I just feel like it's just not getting better. And it, it really does suck when it in that aspect where it literally ruined the game. Like it was make or break and it, it cost a team a game. And it's just Oh, it's just it's awful to watch. Yeah, Mike McCarthy, you screwed this up, dude. Because you have a guy like Zeke who is an absolute beast, while the other team doesn't even know who's the guy and who's not. They literally split the carries between Malcolm Brown and Cam Akers. Mm-hmm. Um, but Malcolm Brown ends up getting the two touchdowns. Jared Goff doesn't do much of anything, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Robert Woods is looking to get a new contract extension. Extension. Uh, Cooper Cup just got a contract extension. Didn't do much either. Tyler Higby got a contract extension too. Didn't do much that game either. So it's like the Cowboys were the better team in this game. And I told you, and I'll tell everyone this, that it the NFC East is the Cowboys division to lose. And these are games you can't lose. Especially on dumb yeah. decision-making like yeah, Mike McCarthy made here. It It's, yeah, again, kind of goes back to how we started this whole show off where there's you know, sloppy things going on in the league with their preseason and, and I feel like a lot I feel like a lot of teams went for it on fourth down though it wasn't even just them yeah but that was very questionable there just tie yeah. just tie the dumb exactly game. yeah exactly not gonna spend too much time on the Steelers Giants all I gotta say is that what I saw from Daniel Jones and Joe Judge is that they're there's something to look forward to there. Obviously, you're going to lose to a team that has a, a defense that took them to 8-8 eight and eight last year where they were throwing with Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph and they were switching on and off week in and week out. Um, you got Big Ben back full, like healthy. It's like that was a game he had to had to really show that if, if let's see if you are healthy and let's see what you can do against the team. Do you still have it? That's exactly yeah. the team you go up against, like the Giants in week one, right? So I obviously knew they weren't going to do so great. But, dude, I see a lot more in Daniel Jones than I do in Sam Donald already too. Like this, yeah. And Sam Donald is in year three. Daniel Jones is in year two. But at least Daniel Jones could throw a seam route to Darius Slayton, get two touchdowns, get him to a hundred yards receiving. And yeah. it's like you see those types of passes, and I know you saw it. It's like that's a good thing to see. Obviously, you could talk about the muff punt. You could talk about they didn't capitalize and score, and they settled on a, on, on a, a field goal. But I think. And there's obviously some dumb decisions here and there. And the offensive line is trash. Saquon Barkley can't get moving on the ground. 15 carries, 6 yards, right? I'll go on and on and on. But overall, you see a team that's still building something there. And they go, but you're going up against a way better team, a quarterback and a head coach that have been in the game for a while. And you know they're going to come out with the victory anyway. Yeah, I mean, it seemed promising at the beginning. And then slowly and slowly, it just was losing hope for the Giants throughout that game. Dude, if they can't get this line okay and the time comes where the market is already set for running backs and you got to pay Saquon, it's not even worth it. But you kind of have to because they're also trapped in a corner where he was the number two pick in that draft. And they may have, you know, dodged a bullet if Sam Darnold and, you know, we see how the Josh 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 Rosen worked out. Um, and, ba- yeah. and Baker, who just had a dud of a game, who I think can be a lot better. Uh, still, like how much worth it is it going to be? It'll be the biggest travesties in in sports. If this guy in Saquon Barkley, who in space is super dangerous, 
just can't get anything going because this line is terrible. They're working on it. You get a tackle. That's not going to do much for you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And take a look at the other side for a second. James Conner gets hurt. He was the backup to Le'Veon Bell when he was in Pittsburgh. And the backup to the backup, Blake Snell, goes for 19 carries, 113 yards. So every single time we go up against a team that does something like this, where Saquon was picked comes up and it just doesn't look good for us. But, like, how do you not love Saquon? Like, that, yeah, just, that's pl- the just thing. please get him the help he needs just so he can do what he can do. You see what he can do? He gets a short, short pass on the right and he could just take it off 26 yards. I mean, yeah, honestly, you look at another team that you have in your division, the Cowboys, and I feel like what Zeke did when he had that full healthy offensive line, that's, I think Saquon could do better than that. Yeah. And that's like the upside he has, and the Giants have just not been able to get him that help. So moving over to Titans and the Broncos, I didn't watch this game a lot, mostly because it was on pretty late. Again, you always have the it week one enough. opening night, the Monday night doubleheader, right? Um, I watched a little bit of it. All I know is that the Titans are all the way in on Derrick Henry. There's no question about it. Feed him the ball 31 times. Mike Vrabel, where's that max? Is this feed, yep. that feed the ball to Derrick Henry. That's what he did. They get the W. Obviously, at kicker, you're like, okay, they finally have a guy they could use because every single mm. kicker they get is awful. You bring in one of probably a borderline Hall of Fame kicker if he hasn't been, like, yeah. if recently he hasn't been so bad. And Steven Goskowski, right? And he misses how, however many extra points combined with the uh, field he goals. He missed three field goals and an extra point. But they never gave up in him, and that's how they won the game, right? That's how they got the, the yeah, game exactly. So. He's he's got to get better. Their scouting for kickers has got to get better. How much better can you get than Stephen Guskowski? Honestly, and this is exactly what happens. So, um, Titans are still a really good team. Ryan Tannehill looks good. Twenty nine for forty three, two hundred forty nine yards, two touchdowns. You don't need him to throw forty three times to win the game because you have a solid guy in Derrick Henry. And look at this, Chris Davis, seven receptions, hundred one yards. Finally getting him involved. Dude was a fourth overall pick in his draft class. Uh, it's about freaking time. Adam Humphreys is on this team now, not the Buccaneers, <laughs> but I'm sure Tom Brady would have loved him. He would have had a field day with him. Um, I want to talk about A.J. Brown for a second. Is he only a deep threat, or is he only like big play guy and only on like three receptions, or can he actually be a guy who can get seven receptions, 100-plus yards, or close to that? and get a touchdown here or there. Is he that type of guy, or is he just like, he'll have two nice receptions, and they'll be for massive yardage, maybe plus a touchdown. And it makes you think from like a fantasy standpoint, is this guy good? Who knows? He's definitely valuable for, as a te- for, for the team outside of fantasy in real life. But is that his ceiling, or can he be more than that? No, I mean, I think he could be more of a complete receiver, I think, uh, you know, very similarly to how people looked at DK Metcalf early on, where he was just more of, everybody kind of joked, oh, he just really runs a go route. That's kind of all he runs. Um, And, you know, you've seen him develop and and be more of a threat in general. Uh, I I think that's kind of how A.J. Brown is going to develop. I feel like that's kind of how many people look at him, like you mentioned, where you can have some big plays, but is he really that guy that you can go to throughout the game and kind of just take over the game? I I think, you know, we saw a little bit of it last year, and I I think he's going to, He's going to continue to move into that role. Let's take a look at the other side. Drew Locke, 22 for 33, 216 yards at a touchdown. He's still developing. Give him some time. Again, it's a very nice offense on paper, but 
Depends how you use it. Vic Fangio wasn't really good in terms of clock management. He wasn't calling any timeouts. He assumed that Steven Goskowski was going to miss, so he kept all his timeouts. What, they have two timeouts or all three at that point in time? It might have been two. Yeah, I don't remember. He They, they had him, though, so I don't know what was going on with I don't that. know. He just, if you assume, you know what that means. Uh, <laughs> but... Melvin Gordon, 15 carries, 78 yards, and a touchdown. I honestly don't like him in a Broncos uniform. I don't even like him beyond the Broncos in general because I liked Philip no. Lindsay. Philip Lindsay now, I think he just got hurt in this game. Um, I think so. But I, I talked about this a little earlier, and this is kind of coming out of nowhere, but I wanted to bring it full circle, is that Philip Lindsay is an example of a guy you have in the preseason who was undrafted, and he makes the Pro Bowl his first year, and he has a phenomenal year because you saw him in preseason. You saw he was being... He, what he was capable of. So, you know, I think that's definitely a deficit for preseason. But you bring in Melvin Gordon, I think he's he's going to have to take the reins now. If Philip Lindsay is out for a significant amount of time or he's hobbled, Melvin Gordon's just going to take it all the way. And uh, I can't blame you. Melvin Gordon's a, a pretty good running back. But he could also be used in the passing game. But he only gets three receptions, eight yards. Use him a little more. You can bring a whole lot more out of him. Watch some of the tape you saw him on. In L.A., I think he can do mm-hmm. he can do a lot in the passing game. Use him there for sure. Uh, Noah Fant, five receptions, 81 yards, and a touchdown. Him and Hawkinson are going to be the talk of the town eventually. Um, just wait on it. They'll get some more usage eventually. Jerry Judy, four, four receptions, 56 yards. From what I heard in this game, I didn't see much of Jerry Judy, but he wasn't making a whole lot of catches. No, he he was not doing I, – I, I don't think he did what people wanted him to do. No, because they're comparing right. him to Julio, and when you have those expectations – can't really regress after that. Yeah, you can't have the game he had, pretty much. Yep, that ain't, that game ended 16-14. to 14. That wraps up the Week 1 slate. We're already heading into Week 2. Um, I think we'll skip a preview for this since we're already running short on time already. We usually record um, on Wednesdays, uh, but the game is already tomorrow. But let's, let's talk mm-hmm. about this right before we wrap up here. We'll just talk about this one game, then we'll recap the game next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Browns Bengals not the most exciting game to have on a Thursday night um, but what are you expecting from this game and what are you looking to see from both teams honestly I'm not expecting too much from the offenses at all I really I feel like both of the offenses last week kind of were struggling a little bit I mean we knew that that was already the case with the the Browns and I feel like Burrow is he's a rookie quarterback it's going to take time it doesn't mean that that offense isn't going to you know, get to a point where they're scoring a ton, but I, I don't expect a, a ton of offense out of this game. No, definitely not. But um, I'm just I just want to see a little bit more from Baker. I want to see more from Stefanski, more some more first and foremost, because I, I think he could be something special as a head coach for this Browns team that everyone was on the bandwagon. Now everyone's half out. Everyone's half in. You should give the fans a reason to be all in, and Browns fans are always all in, even especially when they're row mm-hmm. sixteen. But not even more so that they have the roster that they have on paper. But um, my expectations in this game, I think the Browns bounce back. But, I, uh, you know, I, I don't want to rule the Bengals out entirely. They still have a, a pretty decent offense. The Joe Burrow can be great. So it's like expect them to win win a couple games this year. They're not going to be written off already as the worst team in the league. Yeah. Definitely don't see that. Um, no. So from what I saw going uh, from the list that I forgot to mention, and there's not much to say here, it was Dolphins-Patriots. It was Cam Newton's first game as a Patriot. He comes in with this whole red suit, red uh, red suit, yellow suit, yellow, yellow suit. hat. And, um, yeah, very weird overall, but that's Cam for you. And then he he goes on for 15 carries. 
And he's just an absolute stud. There's so much they can do in that Patriots offense. Dolphins didn't look so great, but um, they'll have better games in the future. Their defense is revamped. Their offense, as soon as they get Tua in there, will be a lot better. Ryan Fitzpatrick did not look good, and that just gave me even more of a compliment to Cam Newton to showcase what he's got. So that's pretty much what happened there. What did you think of Cam's performance real quick? I mean, yeah, he – the thing that I've kind of been saying for most of his career is that, you know, he might not be that, that great quarterback, but he's a great athlete. And, and that showed over this game because he didn't really win the game by making the passes and, and having the best throws. He won the game by making the best decisions. And, and, you know, some of that could have been designed runs. Some of those could have been just scrambling around in the pocket. That's just something that, you know, Brady really didn't do much of. So now that Belichick has a, a game plan and, and Josh McDaniels can kind of work around that, I feel like, you know, he's just a great athlete and he's just one of those players that might not be the best at, at launching the ball downfield, might not be the most accurate, but, you know, you see him in the pocket and he starts to, to move a little bit. Everybody shifts because, you know, he, he, he brings that kind of presence. With him. Just from what you saw, um, obviously it's very early. It's a very, it's a very big overreaction, but you you see what they can do and potentially in that offense already, and that was just against the the Dol- the Dolphins. You know, mm-hmm. there's there could be a lot more in the future. Um, what you saw from the Bills versus the Patriots, I think those are the top two teams right now that could take the division. Yeah. Wouldn't be surprising if the Patriots do, but do you think the Bills keep it, or do you think which because they, they won last year? But actually, no, they just they're just both in the playoffs. Excuse me, but yeah, who, do, who, do, you, who do you think could play? Who do you think could be in play to get first place at at this point in time? It's it's so very hard. hard right, it's week one. What are you gonna I, do? But I feel like it's hard to count out the Patriots because you know Belichick is still there, and it's just one of those things. It's, you don't want to write them off, but the Bills are also looking impressive. So it's kind of like it's up in the air. It really is. I mean, I, I think honestly, what it could come down to is is when they play each other, who ends up winning those games. Yeah, you can definitely see Cam Newton. He has a nice rapport with Julian Edelman already, which is good to have. But you'll you'll see. There will be a game where things fall apart. Cam is just like Odell a little bit where once you're kind of mentally out of it, you're out of it. Yep. But I think you could see the confidence back. He's not injured. He's healthy. He looks great. So there's no reason to feel that way. But um, they look good. Bills look good too. Just got to work on not turning over the ball. Very interesting there. So, Chris, that's going to wrap it up uh, for this episode. Very long episode. Try to keep it a little shorter, but what are you going to do when we're going through games, right? Um, so, already going into next week, still very excited. Um, we're already talking about the Thursday night game, which we'll take a close look at tomorrow. Um, but that's it, dude. Anything else you want to add? I am just excited football is back, and, and the world seems a little bit more normal. Me too. Uh, so, one thing I'll add here, just to kind of plug away, is I've already started – a new podcast, which has already been in the works. Chris is, all right, we're working on contract details right now. We don't know what's going on. Maybe we'll let this year pass by and Chris will be on board. Um, but I'm currently running the First Down Network. It is running the First Down podcast, the first one we are doing, which I am running with two of my friends who I spoke to spoke about earlier, one about Mark, one with my friend uh, Devin, my college friend. And uh, both big Giants fans in their own way. I'm also a big Giants fan. Some more than others, like Mark. But uh, it's called First Down Giants. Look it up whenever you listen to podcasts. We already talked about the Giants 2020 season preview. And we talked about week one against the Steelers. What we thought, what we saw. Similar to some of the things I've said on this podcast today. But more in-depth there. So if you're interested in that, do that. 
We're already trying to get Chris to be on first down Falcons. Still thinking about it. Don't know. Chris likes to rant about the Falcons. He's more angry than happy. Uh, yes. But I'm sure a lot of people would like to hear that. Fan bases are definitely dedicated. Um, but yeah, we'll hope to expand that eventually. But if you're looking to get a taste as to what's to come from that network, First Down Giants is where you could find that podcast. As for us, we're at Franchise Tag Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Um, new video should be out shortly for this episode. So if you want to watch the video version of this podcast, it'll be on YouTube. Franchise Tag Podcast, look it up. You'll find it. Um, other than that, thank you, Chris, for coming on the show every single week. Obviously, um, we got some stuff to say. And we go through, we go through a lot with these teams. So we'll head into next week. New slate, probably some new overreactions. We'll see. Week two is similar to week one. But we'll get to that when we get there. So thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it. And we'll see you next week.